This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. It's now time for A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. From amazing stories to colorful personalities, join us as we go in-depth with the men and women that make up the Oakland Athletics Organization. It all starts right now. Welcome to A's Unfiltered. I am Chris Townsend with the Oakland Athletics and A's cast powered by TuneIn. What do we have for you? Well, we got three really good interviews I want you to hear. First, we're going to hear from Lou Trevino. And I got a chance to check in with Lou right before he got back on the mound for the Oakland Athletics. And God, was he missed. I think if you've been watching A's baseball and going through this tough stretch and where basically everything has struggled. I mean, you can't really look at one spot and go, well, that's a real big positive. They've struggled offensively. They've struggled defensively. They've struggled with their starting pitching. And the bullpen has struggled. But not having Lou... Obviously hurts because the thing about Lou and Blake Trinan is not only their plus plus stuff, it's also the factor that they can go more than one inning. And that is a huge luxury for Bob Melvin. And when you don't have Lou and it's just Trinan, you know, you're trying to pick up the pieces of Soria and Wendelkin and et cetera, et cetera. So got a chance to speak with Lou at Fenway Park. And he actually explains his injury, and it's like, wow, that sounds painful. But he's now back. We wanted you to hear from Lou Trevino. Here is the great right-hander for your Oakland Athletics. Well, now joining us from Fenway Park, it's Lou Trevino. Lou, how we doing? I'm doing well. Can't complain. Just enjoying uh, some cold weather here in Boston. Well, did you get to throw to hitters today? Uh, yeah, I threw to uh, Olsen and uh, and uh, a righty. So, you know, I threw about 10 to 12 pitches, not too many. And I felt really good. So, uh, tomorrow I should be good to go. Well, that is great news for the A's because obviously they've missed you down in the pen. Can you can you explain to us exactly what happened to you and how, and how you got this injury? Well, I mean, I was throwing with JB, and JB throws pretty hard. And during day games, uh, it's tough to see from the glare of the seats, and and I, I also contribute to my lack of uh, athleticism, maybe. But I he threw a he threw a pitch uh, low, like low at my hip. I went to catch it and lost it in the seats, and uh, and it tipped off my glove, and it hit my thumb, and it took my nail, and it bent it back, and it took the the nail took the skin with it. So, um, you know, it was just. Uh, it just wasn't, obviously it wasn't good. So we had to put it back, and luckily everything fits. So all we did was glue the skin back on, and now it's pretty well healed. 
My God, that sounds painful. I mean, how bad was it? I mean, yeah, it hurt, but I've had worse things happen. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a matter of, I, you know, obviously nothing broke. There's no fracture, nothing like that. It's just a bruise as well as the skin. Skin was isn't quite there, so. You know, it was just a matter of time before it was able to heal. You know, I was hoping it would heal a little faster, but I'm, I'm thankful that it wasn't too long. So, with, with the time off, how's your arm feeling? Uh, pretty good right now. I mean, uh, I, you know, I feel healthy. And now, last couple of days, it's just been uh, trying to get my timing back because, you know, after not throwing for a long time, uh, you know, I know, I know the certain people seven days is. is uh, it doesn't seem like a long time, but I know for me, if I have three days off and I don't touch a ball for three days, it feels like I haven't thrown in a month. So it's just, you know, I, I, I tried to get back my timing the whole entire time I was uh, I, uh, I was down with that thumb injury. You know, I was doing my drills and trying to stay uh, all in sync. And then last couple of days throwing, I feel really good. Um, my timing feels great. So, you know, I, I, I think I'm good to go. You know, I, I I know you never want to get injured, obviously, but a little time off may not be bad long term for you because you did throw so much early in the season. And I remember at one point where Bob Melvin was like, "I can't throw him every single game." So this could really set you up, don't you think, for the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, obviously looking back, it might be nice, but at the same time, I hate I hate sitting there and being useless you know it's it's uh i i'd love to compete i i like to play for this team uh you know i think we're a solid team and, and it kind of sucks sitting there knowing that I, I could potentially help help out out the team especially with the bullpen sometimes you know when you when you short a man it is tough um you know you're you're uh you're having guys pitch more than they should and you know it's it, for me it was tough to to, to sit there and, and be useless but uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited to get back, and yeah, like you said, it might be good long term, but you know, it's a painful seven or eight days or however, however long it was. It feels like three months. You know, and I I think about where this team is right now, having lost four games, and this core group is not used to losing, especially after last year winning 97 games. What is the mood like in the clubhouse right now? It's not bad. I mean, we're too good of a team. I think we have too much talent pitching side defensively, uh, offensively to, for this to be a consistent pattern. You, you know, there, there's going to be times, I mean, you, you, we're playing a team that's one of the most talented teams in all of baseball, and, you know, you, you just kind of go through a scuff sometimes. Uh, I, I know we're not uh, overly worried about it. You know, no one's hitting the panic button uh, because there's, there's a reason why you play so many games during the course of the season. Um, you know, so, you know, we're, we're not all, all too worried. We know that uh, we're going to start finding it here pretty soon. And then, you know, when we do, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot better. Yeah, the good thing about the A's is you're not covered like they are with the Boston Red Sox. And we've been talking to some of the Red Sox media, and they're in full-on panic mode. The good thing is that you guys don't have that hanging over your head. Yeah, well, you know, it doesn't – obviously with them, it doesn't help that they won the World Series last year and being such a dominant team that they were. You know, fans fans expect a lot. There's a lot of people that expect a lot. Sometimes there's, uh, I mean, look, they played they played well into November, you know, or not well into November, but they played into November. That's a lot of baseball, especially pitching. You know, that's packing. You're not having a full off season. I mean, heck, we played a couple of days in October, and being 
my rookie year last year, it was insane. You know, I had a month, month and a couple, a couple days less of off season, and to me, that was that was uh, new. So, you know, it is it, it is tough, especially when you go deep in the playoffs to to, to come back, bounce fresh. But again, they're they're a good team, and so are we. And you know, it's, it's just finding that role, and and you know. Like like I said, we'll be fine once we figure some things out. Yeah, I think about your game, and obviously you were a starter, so you have more than just two pitches. It seems like you've added some weapons to your arsenal this year, and you've absolutely been filthy. Tell us what you've been throwing this season. Well, I throw, I throw, I'm throwing what I used to throw. So last year, coming up, you know, my cutter was pretty good. Uh, obviously, I threw it. I threw it deep. I threw it a lot, and uh, and I was more of a two pitch pitcher, you know. So sometimes the book on me was for lefties. You're going to sit hard in, either you're getting a four seam in or uh, or cutter in. So all you got to do is cheat, um, you know. And, and same with righties. I go two seam in and then cutter away. So uh, I know this uh, coming going into the off season, I wanted to really sure up some of my other off speed because I know that I have other good off speed pitchers. Uh, you know, especially with my curveball and changeup, you know, instead of everything being so hard, 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 you know, now we can mix up speed. Uh, uh, you know, they're not sitting on, 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 like I said, velocity. They can, uh, you know, with my curveball, it'll, it'll go all the way down to 78 sometimes. You know, that's a pretty big change in velocity. So, you know, if I can throw five pitches at you for one inning, maybe two, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to hit than if you're sitting on just two pitches. So, that, that was kind of my mindset, my goal, and, and uh, I, I worked hard with, with the guy that I worked with this offseason, and, and I thought we made a bunch of good strides when it comes to uh, um, um, getting my changeup and my curveball back to where it used to be. That is so good to hear because it's the evolution of pitching, and the way this game works is there's going to be adjustments from your first day in the big leagues all the way till your last day in the big leagues. Everybody is trying to get an edge. Have you just seen, since now, since now you can throw more pitches at these hitters, have you seen a bigger improvement for yourself? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, it's nice to have more pitches. So, for instance, one day, I know I don't have my curveball. Well, I can rely on my change on a cutter. If I don't have my change I can rely on these uh, other pitches. And I mean, base, baseball. What you, what you were just saying is just like life. You know, once once you start getting comfy and you stop trying to improve upon yourself, whether it's baseball or just any job or anything, there's going to be people that are going to catch you that are more hungry. So, I know myself. I try not to take um, what, what I do for granted. You know, it's it's to me it's it's a blessing every day to be able to wake up and play a, a kid's game for a living and. And I'm, I'm trying to stay as hungry as possible. And, and by the grace of God, hopefully, you know, I can stay in this game uh, as, as long as I possibly can. And for me, like you said, it's going to require uh, adjusting, you know, and, and adjusting before other people adjust um, to, to your stuff. So, like I said, if I, can have, if I can have four or five pitches coming at you, it's going to be a lot harder to hit. And, and so far, you know, it's been working this season. So, Lord willing, it keeps up. Lou, it is always great catching up with you. Uh, it's going to be fabulous to have you back. Ace fans can't wait. We've been talking about you on the post-game show, so it's great to hear that you're healthy. And good luck to good luck today. Good luck tomorrow. And we'll see you when you get back from the road trip. All right. Thank you very much. I'm I'm very happy to be back as well. 
You know, one of the other things I really like about Lou Trevino, other than his great fastball and his repertoire of pitches, he's good on the radio. And you just never know how guys are going to be who come up through the minor leagues because they're not used to really doing media. It's not like college football where you play in bowl games or you're playing in the SEC or ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and you're always going to be around media. Same thing with college basketball. So usually when guys come out of the draft in the NBA or the NFL, they have some exposure. Well, you really don't have that through the minor leagues. So some guys, it takes a while for them to get used to talking on a daily basis and doing interviews. And Lou, he's pretty darn good at it. And I love the way he explains his pitches. And you now just see everything that he was talking about and put in, put in the back of your mind, and he's throwing 99, 98 miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine trying to face that? He's got four different pitches he's, he can throw at you, and one of them's basically 100 miles an hour. And then you throw in everything else. Facing Lou Trevino would be no day at the beach. I can tell you that. Julian McWilliams covers the athletics for The Athletic. Doing a fantastic job. Speaking of another guy who's good at uh, doing an interview. We got a chance to catch up with him after the Chris Davis press conference. And we got to talk a lot about this team and a lot about Chris Davis. And really what Chris Davis signing means more than just keeping your slugger the best DH in the game more than just keeping him here it's a signal it's a signal that the front office is willing to spend money willing to make commitments if you got a chance to hear Dave Cavill on the build here on A's cast where he talked about we want to start giving out more extensions first guy on the list was Chris Davis They want to keep their players. They want these young players to sign extensions, and they want them on the team when they open the new ballpark in 2023. And Chris Davis saying, I want to be in Oakland. I want to play for this franchise. I love Bob Melvin. I love the guys in the clubhouse. I love the chemistry. I don't want to go anywhere else. It's a huge signal to everybody. And for all these young guys to see this, and to see that there's commitment to be made, that 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 day signing Chris Davis, I, I think was huge for, I think it was huge for the whole entire organization. I think it was huge for the entire fan base. And we talked about it with Julian McWilliams. Julian McWilliams joins us from the Athletic, and I can't wait for your piece. As you know, I uh, subscribe to your Athletic. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, going to be very interesting. Um, to hear what you have to say, because as we talked to Chris and we just talked to Ken and we've talked to Vince, you know, this is a big moment, just not for Chris and his family and his wife and his son. This is a big moment for everybody. Right. And I mean, if you look at like, you know, it can't go without saying, you know, you see Chapman sitting on the side and Chapman and Chris Davis are great friends. And you, you can't say like, hey, he was looking at probably how they would probably treat Chris Davis in this. Right. I mean, Chapman's a guy that's that's a face of the of the team is along with Chris. So, I mean, that's. You set a good precedence when you have when you have your star uh, get hooked up the way Chris got hooked up. Then you have your other stars behind him say, okay, maybe we can keep this thing going. So it was a good thing to see uh, for not only Chris but for the team and, and, keeping, and keeping players around. This is another blow to the players' union. Yeah. Here you have the premier power hitter in baseball signing a two-year extension. I believe he's – this is like – 
since the World Series last year. This is extension number like 34 or 35 in baseball. And after this winter of watching Harper and Machado and how long that took, these players, if you're going to offer them the right number that's in their head, they don't want to go to free agency anymore. I don't blame them. I mean, you look at guys out there like, you know, Carlos Gonzalez, right? He signed like, I think, a minor league deal. Uh, Adam Jones signed a minor league deal uh, in, in, in cargoes, I think, around Chris's age. So you can't say that, like, Chris wasn't looking at that and saying, where do I fit in this equation, right? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a natural, you know, feeling. He said that during spring training. He said, I don't know if I'm too old. I don't know, I don't know what's going on with the market. I, I don't know. So that's a lot of what's going through players' heads. You see, like, Ozzy Albee signed the, 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 you know, the bad deal, which I thought was a bad deal, seven years, $35 million. I mean, the th- Something has to change within this, and you see, uh, you know, guys just not getting their money's worth. But obviously, Oakland was important to Chris. That was that was that was that was the most important thing. And um, he's with his guys. He mentioned Chad Pender, mentioned Chapman, mentioned mentioned Marcus Simeon, all those guys. And Chris, you know, he loves the comfort of just being in 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 one place, and he just seems to fit Oakland so well. And I think about security, and you know, for us, we're never going to make sixteen point seven yeah. million dollars. I, I hope you and I do that someday. <laughs> well, but, I wish but, I wish I make that in my lifetime. We're, we're in the Jeez. wrong we're in the wrong career for that. But there's right. there, there's there's something to be said to a lot of these guys who you know, and I'm not saying because Chris's dad was in baseball, mm-hmm. but some of these guys around baseball who grew up with nothing, and all of a sudden you put a contract in front of their face That's true. that sets them up for life. That's I mean, true. I mean, you always take the bird in the hand sometimes, right? Like, it's like you, like there's always something that you should, like there's always something to guaranteed money, right? And, and if you look at Chris's deal, he's making, if, if you, I look through the list, he's, he's making more on an average annual, an annual basis more than any DH ever in, in history, right? David Ortiz made $16 million. The most money Nelson Cruz made was $14 million. So you're looking at on, a, on an average annual basis, Chris is topping those guys at sixteen point seven five million dollars. So that's worth being that's worth being said. So your research is he the top paid annually DH in the history of baseball? That's correct. Wow, I didn't think about that. I mean, that's because it, it's a tough it's a tough market, right? Yeah. I mean, until the National League adopts the DH, you can, you can only play in the American League because right. he's not going to play in the outfield. Right. I mean, so it really limits. I, I can see why. You love it here. You love Melvin. You love the players. You're winning. Mm-hmm. They're paying you more than they've ever paid a DH before. I mean, it's a no-brainer. And then the, if you look at the collective bargaining agreement, because that's, that's what's really messing up players, right? This is the CBA. That expires at the end of next year. Um, Chris obviously wants to uh, stay in Oakland, so hopefully for his sake he can do that. But by the time he comes at free age again, he's 33. And so maybe at that point it will reset to a point where, where, where it values the player a little bit more. And perhaps he can maybe go out and get another payday again. Who knows? Yeah, I have a feeling that this could just be a long relationship between the athletics and Chris Davis. And, you know, there were people who were talking about, oh, there's going to be labor strife. We yeah. haven't had a work stoppage since 94. This is good. But since so many guys have signed extensions, yeah, and there's yeah. not going to be that many really – I mean, the guys who are going to be free agents are not it's, premier players. It's boring, man. It's going to be a boring free agency, right? But you know what? Who wants work stoppage now? No. You're getting – all these guys have signed extensions. Everybody's got contracts. Right. Play ball. Let's go. Right, right, right. And, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Bregman signed that big extension. So you're kind of wondering, like, okay, Bregman, Chapman, what's, what's, what's going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and hopefully – and I think a lot of people around here now – because what's always scared me is when you take on Scott Boris, mm-hmm. you take on Boris for a reason. 
It's not because he's a, a day at the beach. Yeah. It's because Scott Boris is going to get you ultimate value. And But we've even seen like a Strasburg, who's a client of Boris, re-sign an extension with the Nationals. There's a lot of feeling around here that even though Matt Chapman has turned down an offer in the past, uh-huh. Matt Chapman could be looking at an offer coming up from the A's. He, he, I mean, he should, man. I mean, if you look at just his – He's going to be a free agent when he's 31. That's probably around the same age. That's the same age, roughly, that Chris is going to be a free yeah, agent. Yeah, college right? guy. So his prime is basically, you know, from, say, next year till 31, right? So if you're looking at that and from, from that sense, it's like you probably want to get something done and get your window of, of, of prime years and in the, in the money that you can at least uh, – that roughly uh, measures up to your market value on the, on or as a from a production standpoint on the field, you you kind of want to have those two the market value and your production meet each other, and you know the A's, he's beloved in in, in Oakland, man. I mean, I, I live up in Walnut Creek. He has a he has a poster up there, so it's it's it, it, it's it's spreading his word and his name is spreading around around baseball. And you know, obviously, this is A's cast, and, and we're pro front office, but let's let's be honest. They're putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah, they've said we're going to get a new ballpark. We're going to do everything we can. We're going to start signing our players. Yeah. we're 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 doing everything the fan base has always wanted in the past. They're giving it to the fans now, and that's huge. And that's and you know what? It started with Chris Davis. I truly believe it started with Chris Davis because had Chris Davis went in the free agency and he signed with someone, say I don't know the Chicago White Sox or Detroit Tigers or I don't know whatever yeah. New York Yankees, whoever, if he wasn't in Oakland. I think fans would have fans fans were waiting to 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 criticize something or or to just say I'm done with it. I think Chris would have been the person to say, you know, to heck with this, you know, because because he's he's such a figure in Oakland for this team and everybody in my comment section is when's Chris Davis going to resign? When's Chris Davis going to resign? But in the back of their heads, they're thinking, okay, you better resign this guy or else you know. You know, you're you're going to lose another fan, and the A's didn't want to do that. They came up, they showed up, and and it's and it's big for the A's, it's big for Chris Davis, and it's big for the city of Oakland. Yeah, you do a column where you ask for questions, and I have to I have to think that was that the main question you've been getting. Yeah, I mean every 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 day. I mean every, every mailbag, every ma- I've done mailbags. I've probably done like ten or twelve mailbags. Every mailbag that I've done where where I'm asking fans where I'm having fans ask me questions, it's like what's going on with Crush? What's going on with KD? Are they going to resign him? And then the next one is like when are they going to resign Chapman? Are there any, any extension talks? So it's like those two guys. It's like but especially KD, it was like we need to get this guy. We need to get this guy because the A's, you know, they've seen their their best players from Giambi to you know to all these different guys go and, and, and excel with other teams. And that probably would have been Chris Davis's fate had he went into free agency and had the A's not re-signed him. I will never forget where I do the where I before the treehouse. I used to do the pregame show from the visiting GM box. Yeah, and I'll never forget standing there and I open the window and I'm doing the show and I look down. There were two kids. They had two jerseys on. One was Donaldson. One was Cespedes. <sighs> and I went, you know what? How sad is that? Yeah. But you know what? They end up getting hurt, and it's glad they are not signed very long-term. <laughs> uh, this is the marking of, of, of having young players, and they see if they see their guy KD doing mm-hmm. it, why would you not want to do it? Right, and I think just, that's just huge. Like I said, you saw all his teammates sitting on along the side, from you know, Ramon Laureano to Marcus Simeon, who's having a great start to the season, to Chapman, to Pender, to – you know, to whoever, you know, even Piscotti who signed through here, you know, but just, just being able to see that and see some sense of security within the organization, that bodes well for the players. 
We appreciate the time. Thank you so Always much. Always appreciate it. Appreciate it. Keep killing it with the athletic, and I can't wait to uh, can't wait to read your article about this because this was a this was a day I've never seen anything like this with the A's. It's huge. It's huge, man. I look forward to it. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. Take care. Well, I'll tell you, that's a day that I will not forget. You know, there's certain days that you've been around the Oakland A's and you go, you know what, that was a special one. Well, the day Chris Davis signed, I can tell you, that was one of the more special days that we've had around Oakland in a long, long time. All right, our last interview that we're going to play for you. And I want to kind of give you an idea of what a – East Coast market is like. I had on Rob Bradford from WEEI in Boston before the start of the A's and the Red Sox. There's straight panic over the world champs. Now, they probably feel better after sweeping the athletics, but going into this series, they just lost two out of three to Tampa. I mean, it's full on pressing the panic button. They don't play the it's early game on the East Coast. They expect you to win, and they expect you to win year-round. They don't care what the calendar says. So we're going to talk a little Red Sox baseball, talk about the world champs and their early struggles with Rob Bradford from WEEI in Boston. Rob, we really appreciate you coming on today. And, you know, the last time we saw the Red Sox was early in the season, and everybody was like, ah, not a big deal. They got off to a little bit of a bad start, but – they're now off to the worst start in their first 28 games since 1996. What's going on with this club? Yeah, and, and you know what? It's, it's no longer a fluke. And I think that what the A's did is that after they went to Seattle and Seattle put them on their heels a little bit, the A's just opened their eyes even more that it wasn't just Seattle. There, these problems were going to linger. And, and a lot of the same things really have manifested itself throughout the year. I remember in Oakland being there when – when Cora said, "Hey, you know something? We aren't we aren't doing the little things," and and for a while they they started doing the little things, and they did the little things every once in a while. But that's another big problem with this team, and that's what helped them win the World Series last year. It's really it was discouraging for the Red Sox right now. Is that why at the beginning of the year you could say it's the starting pitching? Now it's the starting pitching and a lot of other things. Yeah, and I look at your starting pitching, and you look at the names on the back of the jerseys, and you're very impressed. I mean, these guys are the world champs, but, I mean, you can even start with Chris Sale. They just don't look like they're the same guys. Yeah, I think, you know, wake, another wake-up call really was over the weekend because you're right. You're talking about Chris Sale's going to be making $30 million a year. David Price makes $30 million a year. Ovaldi, who's hurt right now, he just signed a contract for 17 a year. Obviously, Porcello makes 20 a year. So you have the, this was supposed to be the strength of your team. And you go up against the Rays the last couple of days. And, and when you, you have to face Tyler Glass now and Charlie Moore, and, and you're the underdogs in those situations, even though you have price and sale going, then that's a problem. And I'm not saying that they can't live up to the back of their baseball cards, but right now they aren't coming close. And the Tampa Bay Rays, these guys are legit. We haven't seen them yet, but they have the lowest payroll in baseball, and they're they're leading the division. They're eighteen and nine. Talk about what you've seen with the Rays. Yeah, they they are legit. They're, it's it's really at first he's like, oh well, okay, you know, they're on a little bit of a run. But let's go back to about three hundred well three hundred sixty five days over the last three hundred sixty five days. They have almost just about the same number of wins as the Red Sox and Yankees, and which is right around a hundred. So it's 
this isn't a fluke by any stretch of the imagination. And not only did they come on last year, and not only did they good this year, but when you have to go into a series against Glasnow and Morton and Snell, well, you aren't going to face three pitchers where you're going to fear more right now as we sit here more than them. Yeah, Tampa is impressive. And then we just saw the Yankees beat up to the San Francisco Giants here in the city. And it's amazing to me that the Yankees, with how many guys they have injured, that they're still 17 and 11. It's truly amazing what they've been able to do. It is. And, and I think that, you know, when, so every time the Red Sox get a nick here or, or an injury there, it's, it almost doesn't even count. You, you can talk about, okay, Pedroia out right now, or you have Evaldi. It doesn't make a difference because what the Yankees have gone through just it pales in comparison to what the Yankees are going through. It's so impressive and really makes you think of what they're going to be like when they get all these guys back. And here the Red Sox are, and they're squandering with not only everybody really healthy, but basically the team that won the World Series back on the same field it's it's it really is it really is a depressing situation for the red sox yeah i know it's it's hard to believe and you mentioned dustin pedroia he he's from sacramento so he always has a big following when the red sox show up and his career the knee do you think we're gonna really see much of him ever again yeah, well, I think he's going up to Portland, Double uh, A Portland, on Thursday, and and my hope is that they'll run him out there quite a bit. That they'll they'll keep him there for a while. Whereas a lot of these rehab stints he's had has only been they might have gone in with a plan of being maybe a couple weeks, and they've only been a few games. They need to get him on the field, and if he's going to have a hiccup or a setback, it has to be in the minor leagues. They have to make sure that this guy can play. You know, I'm not saying every day, but you know, every other day, something along those lines. I think what this recent injury did was it was a reality of how they're going to have to manage this. That they can't be as aggressive, maybe as they wanted to. To answer your question too, like I don't put anything past Pedroia. You know, I think that. This is a guy who, you know, listen, he's gone through a lot of injuries and overcome a lot. And so I know that this is the, the longest of long shots, but uh, once again, I'm not going to put anything past him. Yeah, we're rooting for him, obviously, being a California guy and what a player he was. And you just hate to see a guy not be able to get on the field because of injuries when you have that kind of talent. You know, right now, ever since the Red Sox won the World Series, we've seen a tremendous amount. It's like over 35 guys have signed extensions. Guys don't want to go into free agency. What do you think is going to happen with Mookie Betts? Well, it, well, it's, it's funny because obviously there was a lot of guys on the Red Sox who had contract situations, but Mookie was at the top of the list. And and when you have Trout signed, then then we thought this is where this is. At least we know what the starting point is. At least we know what level you're talking about with bets. And he's dug in. He's he's dug in all along the way here. He, I don't think he's afraid to go to free agency. I don't think he hates it in Boston, but I don't think he's afraid to go to free agency. But the other part of this right now, as we see here. And it's only been a month, but he has to start being Mookie Betts of a year ago because we can talk about the Mike Trout contract, but unless he produces, then that conversation is out the window because he doesn't have the track record that Mike Trout does. So it's they are negotiating during the year. It's going to be something they're going to have to pick up next year, and I think that that's really, I hate to say wait and see, but we are going to have to wait and see not only because of Mookie's mindset because of his production as well.
So Dave Dombrowski has an issue. He's got a huge payroll. He's got a team that's not winning. He's got a depleted minor league system, what what we have heard. Uh, you'd know better than I. What If this team doesn't turn it around, what's he going to do during uh, July in the trade deadline? Other than that, how's the play, Mrs. Lincoln? I mean, like, <laughs> there's so many different things going on, and you just pointed them out. It's true. It's like he there is for a team that won the World Series and has the, almost the exact same team coming back. It's it's amazing how many issues they have. So they they what they did is that they prior they put. Chris Sale and Xander Bogarts are the guys they want to prioritize. All right, you sign them up to extension. Right now, the Sale thing looks really, really uncomfortable. You have Rick Porcello as a free agent, so he might be gone after the year. And you have, like you said, you have Mookie Betts. Shady Martinez is the one to me that can get really uncomfortable because he's actually the guy who's living up to his last year's production. He has an opt-out after this year. He has an opt-out after the year after if he wants it. And you cannot lose that guy. You you know, with Chris Davis, there's not a lot of guys who can do what these guys do in the middle of the order. So I think that they have to figure that one out. To me, I thought they should have prioritized them more than they did. And then after that, you know, they're going to have to hope they really get some good development from the Michael Chavis, who is on the roster right now, and some of these young pitchers because it's going to get really uncomfortable real quick. Never thought we'd be having a conversation like this, especially, you know, I know it was a tough start, but I thought by the time the A's showed up at Fenway Park, things would have righted themselves. It's hard to believe we're having this conversation. Yeah, and you know what? It's 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 not like the Red Sox haven't had their chances either because you know, we, we heard, I remember the last day in Oakland, David Price biting his lip about the schedule. And, all right, sure, you have to start the year with an 11-game road trip uh, going to Seattle and Oakland and Arizona on the West Coast. All right, fine. But since then, you've played Toronto, you've played Baltimore, you've played Detroit, all at home, and you haven't been able to take advantage of those situations. So, uh, you know, they can say what they want about the schedule or anything else like that. There are very real issues. And, and as we know in baseball, the longer you go, the tougher it is to, to pick yourself out of it because you're grabbing the bat a little bit tighter, you're grabbing the ball a little bit tighter, especially in Boston where the pressure's only going to get more and more. Rob, great stuff. We truly appreciate it, and good luck the rest of the season. All right, we'll, uh, we'll reconvene, and uh, we'll see if things change around a little bit. All righty, that's going to do it for another edition of Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. We'll be doing this throughout the baseball season. You never know what you're going to get on A's Unfiltered. Hope to see everybody out at the ballpark for the next homestand. Come by the treehouse and say hello. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 